Welcome to the Coop Tank. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, coming to you from sweet recording in beautiful Mount Laurel, New Jersey. You know, people, if you have a video cast, a podcast, an audio book, you need some production for your website, sweet recording is the place for you. Joe Ginjami, not only a great guy, but he knows his stuff and he's honest. So check them out at sweet recording, S-U-I-T-E recording.com or email them at hello at sweet recording.com. Anyway, we have another great show this week. You know, I, once again, I always bring people I like. And so if you want to get on the show and I don't like you, don't ask. You'll know if I don't like you. And uh, it's someone I always bring away, uh, bring together some top shakers and movers in the business world. And today is no different. Uh, first, we have from Lawletta Birnbaum, LLC, Lloyd Birnbaum. Good morning. How are you, Steve? Doing great. Thank you. Uh, next, a gentleman who I, I met his twins the other day, adorable kids, but they were full of energy from a Windows management experts. It's Matt Tinney. Hey, Steve. How are you? Good I'm great. And finally, from Converge HR Solutions, and she also has a great networking group. We have Anna Ellenberger. How you doing, Anna? Hi, good. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me. So we're going to start off just so the listeners know what you do, who you are. Just give a little 30 to 45 second commercial of what you do. We're going to start with you, Lloyd. Good morning. So I'm Lloyd Birnbaum. I'm a founder of a, a, a law firm that's located in South Jersey. Um, I formerly was uh, a, a, a big law uh, lawyer for, for 20 years and uh, about 15 years ago started my own firm and Grew it to about 25 lawyers, and we're, we, we, we practice what we call business law. We're a business law boutique. So my specialty is real estate, all, all aspects of real estate, buying, selling, leasing. Um, I've written on commercial leasing, and most of it, it, the, the, the real estate work that I do is, um, is commercial for, for businesses. I do a lot of of uh, development and leasing work for companies in the area um, and uh, who are um, expanding, uh, growing businesses or they're, they're moving businesses uh, or opening new locations. And the, the, the firm does all sorts of M&A work, intellectual property, copyrights, um, trademarks, and um, bet the house litigation. Uh, our specialty is business business divorces. We don't do matrimonial work. We don't do personal injury, but we're, we're there for our business clients, entrepreneurs, and investors. Thank you. And uh, Matt, tell us about Windows Management Experts. Absolutely. So we basically help clients take regulatory and compliance obligations um, into um allowing our clients to meet those obligations from a compliance and regulation. So if you're in healthcare or you're in financial or you're a federal government, typically following like NIST CSF or, you know, all the other frameworks that are out there, which apply, but it's really about helping clients meet those compliance and regulated um, requirements actually that they work in. And we do so through, uh, a security approach. Um, we have developed our own security evaluation and remediation technology, which is sits in Microsoft Azure, and it's very focused around clients that are using Microsoft um, technologies, both on-premise and Microsoft 365. 
So we quickly evaluate and we quickly remediate from a compliance um, perspective. So, um, you know, it's been a very interesting time because a lot of the stuff that we do is we're usually brought in when clients think there's an issue, um, either the owner of a business, a small business, or um, someone within the um, leadership team. Um, and also, like companies that um, are already engaged, like other managed services providers, where they might not have the expertise um, in the security and compliance arena, they bring us in and we help them make them um, look good, but also make them um, make their clients be uh, more secure so that there's a win-win. Um, a lot of clients, um, they, they have other um, managed service providers and other managed security providers, which unfortunately don't um, actually, uh, they don't, um, they don't actually, uh, uh, how do I say this uh, politically correct? They actually don't have the expertise and they leave the clients in a very bad spot. Um, some of which when we brought in, they have been breached already and they already have an MSSP or an MSP that has not notified them because they don't have the technology and the staff and the expertise. So it's a bit of a tricky situation when you're brought in after a breach. That usually happens about 50% of the time. Um, the other 50% is usually clients that are under attack that are having issues with email and things are very slow and they have all the symptoms but they can't put the finger on it because they're not the expert. So that's the type of stuff that we help our clients and our partners with. All right, great. And how about you, Anna? And I love the name Converge. I don't know why it just sounds good, Converge. Tell us about Converge HR Solutions. Sure. So we do uh, HR outsourcing, consulting, and recruiting. So we're working with small to mid-sized businesses that don't have any internal HR support or they have minimal internal HR support. So we come in and act as their HR department. We help build out their HR program by putting policies uh, and streamlining HR processes um, to really help cultivate an engaged and high-performing team. Okay, great. So I'm going to start off with this question. You know, we we all have to overcome obstacles in the business world. You know, we it's it, in personal life and business world. And one of the obstacles that I, when I moved back and got into the business world here is I, I don't have the time for bullshit. Okay. There's a lot of phonies out there. And I just, I've learned, I, I have to be nice. I can't sit there and just say, I don't want to talk to you. I'm in an event. I can't go, ah, you know, I have to be nice. What is an obstacle that you have encountered in, in the last few years and how did you overcome it we're going to start with you anna something that you encountered in the business world and you overcame it hmm i have to think on that for a second um i i can do the obvious one of being a young woman um in the business world um and gaining respect um, in a room full of older gentlemen, um, if definitely, especially in networking, um, they may not 
give the respect to you right away, uh, you have to earn it. So I've definitely been in situations where things have been said to me that, you know, definitely rubbed me the wrong way. So I'd say that's been an obstacle in the sales world, in the networking world, um, over the past, you know, ever since really I started. <laughs> It's funny. I call that the creepy old white guy syndrome, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> how about, how about you, Matt? What's, what's something you've overcome in the last few years uh, that, that you've run into that's been like a wall somewhat in the business world? Well, it's, I wouldn't say exactly like Anna, but it's, um, you know, it's doing the more people you network with, the more, um, unpleasantries um, you hear from people. It's just a numbers game. And I have been really um, like focusing, you know, in my role on, you know, networking right now, like a lot more than I was in the past. And I have been running into like, you know, things that I typically um, wouldn't care about. But when you're in a networking environment, you kind of have to tiptoe around like hey you're you're being out of line like can you stop it instead you just kind of tolerate it and it kind of adds up over time so I've kind of had to like list out what's working and what's not working to reset my brain because between the networking and then managing my children's schedule and their soccer and all the other stuff just don't have time to clog my brain up with it um, and then also being able to go back to the same networking group and rise above the baloney so that you're seen as that person, because the minute you stoop down and you react, it's over. So it's about choosing how do you respond in that moment, reflecting, and then going back at it from a new perspective. That actually just happened to me this week. I had three runs of three bad interactions, I'll call them, that forced me to reset. I was depleted. I took it personal. It's very hard for me not to take things personal. I want to people please. And that's one of my downfalls. And I have to look at that and I have to acknowledge it. And then I have to move on because I'm about growing and expanding. So that's one of the big things that happened literally this week. And I just got to the end of it, like literally today. So thank you. How about, how about you, Lloyd? It's interesting as as you guys were speaking, I was writing down some, uh, you know, some uh, obstacles and obstacles that I've 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 overcome, and one of those is um, uh, being in an event with too many lawyers. I mean, if I'm if I'm looking to meet people, it's it's hard enough to find the the groups where the where the where the proper audience is for a lawyer. Um, and uh, if I'm at a if I'm at a function and there are too many lawyers, uh, I used to just leave. Um, and now I, I rather than just leaving, um, I would zero in on on one, two, three people, and wouldn't try to meet everybody there, but just try to have deep conversation with with people who seem to to be uh, at a level in a in a business where they could decide on on the on a on a lawyer and um many of them most of them are they already have a lawyer 
Like, you know, they have a lawyer, they have a, they have a good relationship. They're happy with their service. So why, you know, why, why switch? And so the way I've, I've started to overcome, I've been doing this for a while now, the way I overcame that obstacle was to look for opportunities for those people to give instead of looking to get. Um, some very good people out there have, had taught me that it's much more important to give because when you give people see you in a, in a, in a different light, they, they're not like, they don't see you as gimme, 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 but they, they look at you as, as, uh, as someone who can give a value add. And so I look for opportunities that I could present to people and by presenting opportunities and, and being creative. Um, I'm able to get in the door and um, and get get the business, so to speak. Um, the uh, the other obstacle that uh, I'm still having trouble getting over is when I when I meet people or I'm introduced to people. Um, I I'm, a, I'm very much a, a people person. Um, relationships mean a lot to me, uh, and uh, I, I have found that instead of asking for the business, I end up becoming friends with uh, the people who I'm, who I'm meeting. And then it's like, they, they get to know me, they get to know what I do, but I, I, I have this thing about doing business with family and, fr and friends, friends that are, that are too close. And um, I'm not quite sure how to, how to really get over, over that obstacle or whether to get over it at all and just enjoy it for the ride that it is. Okay. Um, well, you know, we're talking about networking. We all went into that way right now. I want to ask you, what's a characteristic that you have that has helped you in the business world? I think mine is somewhat my sense of humor. I, I can make someone laugh. And I think that's helped me a lot. I don't, cause I'm not as serious. I don't really, I'm not uptight, even though I am very uptight. I don't, I don't appear uptight, but what's a characteristic? I'm going to start with you, Matt. What's a characteristic that, that, that you have that has helped you in the business world? Um, I would say definitely, yeah, I would say uh, probably, um, I know it's overused, but like empathetic and compassionate, but also present and focused and listening. Like too much noise and too much talking. Oh my goodness. Yada, yada, yada about how great you're in the business and the pitch. And it's like, who cares? Who are you? What are you about? Like what makes you get up in the morning and go to work? Like there's gotta be more than just the going with this, you know, the regular old conversations. It's like, what makes you tick? What makes you motivate it? Um, so that's kind of one of the things that I like more. And then, you know, to Lloyd's point, he mentioned about helping others. I, I've actually, that's kind of what I'm about. And I, I've been seeing that more and more, like I connect people, they're doing business. I find out after the fact, but like, that's what I'm about. That's what makes me tick. Like that's what makes, that's what makes it all worth it is connecting people, helping people, and then just letting, and then stepping out and just letting the magic happen. I just, I, I, I've really gotten into that. And that, that's kind of what, that's what I'm about. Okay, how about you, Anna? What's a characteristic that, that you think has helped you in the business world? Um, I would say I think people find me to be trustworthy. Um, if they come to me 
a client comes with a problem or an issue, um, they trust that I will give it, give them the truth. Um, and I think in networking, people trust that I'm, if I'm making introductions, it's because I feel that it would be a true valuable relationship. Um, so yeah, I think people just trust that I have their best interest in mind. Okay. Now, how about you, Lloyd? What's a characteristic do you, that you have that has helped you? Well, Matt said one that, that, that has helped me. And, and that's the same being present and focused, um, being in, in the moment and not having your, your mind wander onto different things, but to be, I've always called it active listening, um, to be a good listener. And, uh, I find that most people, most people like to talk about themselves. And so I have, I have worked hard at being an active listener very easy for me to interrupt someone but it it is is much better to stay remain as an active listener and then use what you learn to follow up with people which goes to something that that, that anna hit on about being trustworthy i mean in in my my business a profession as a, as a lawyer I mean, if my clients don't trust me, if people don't trust me, they're 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 never going to to stick around or or use me. Um, and I I would say that uh, being smart, being creative, and caring, showing that I care, are important characteristics that have helped me. Okay, it's funny, Matt, you had answered about motivation. That was the next question I'm going to ask. What motivates you? You know, we, we all get motivated for different reasons. Some people get motivated for money. Some people get motivated. For me, I love talking to people. I love interviewing people. I love interacting with people, which is funny because I don't like a lot of people, but I like all of you. But uh, what what motivates you? We're going to start with you, Matt, because you brought it up about, you know, when you said when you meet with someone, how do you get out of bed? What, what motivates you? Is it your kids or what? what is it that motivates you? I think it's really about helping. It, it's it's helping my kids helping people helping um someone like maybe on the street that needs help like it's just really about helping people seeing that person you know to say hey you know like for example yesterday my kids had soccer and uh the first soccer practice they clinged on me and um I instantly started talking to the coach and she had two children. She has two children, one of which is like one and a half. Well, yesterday she was there by herself and I saw she was a struggling a little bit. And I said, Hey, how can I help you? And at first she was like, no, I got it. And then at the end I asked her again and she allowed, she allowed me to contribute by bringing the soccer net back to the facility because she had her daughter that was one and a half in her arms and the other one in the carriage. So I felt like, you know, you can help people, but they also have to be <laughs> willing to want that. Like, you know what I mean? Like you have to be okay if they don't want the help, like you can't assume they want help, you can ask. So I feel like, but if you are staying true to who you are, you won't have any regrets by asking, even if they say no. How about you, Lloyd? What motivates what motivates you, Lloyd Birnbaum? People want to know what motivates Lloyd Birnbaum. Well, I, I, I'm going to be honest here. 
money has always been a motivating factor for me. Um, you know, I, I, I grew up in, in Brooklyn. I didn't, I didn't have any money. Um, when I had my first apartment, I mean, I, I had a, I didn't have money for a bed. I had a, I had to buy a, a used mattress from someone and sleep on the floor. And so I, I, uh, money's always been a, a motivator for me, but later, later on in life, I have four children. And I would say that, uh, as much as I love my, my dear wife, the, uh, my children are major motivators for me, spending time with them, caring about what they're doing, their happiness, their happiness mo motivates me. And I, I think that, um, the, uh, something that has motivated me quite a bit is is learning um one of the things that i like about my practice of law is that i i am constantly learning new things i love being intellectually challenged and when i'm intellectually challenged and there's money coming along with it and i have time to spend with my family i am very motivated right. how about you anna what motivates you yeah, so to echo what Lloyd and Matt said, both I resonated with both of those helping people and um, learning, but I'd say all of that under the umbrella of being the best version of myself that I can be. So continuing to learn, to learn how I can improve on myself, um, whether it be in parenting, work, networking, um, I always want to live up to my potential. That's great. It's, I think it, that's great. Yeah, it is. And now here's something that sort of hinges on this question, and I, and it goes hand in hand with it, and it's about success. And, and you know, we we all in our lives, there's different points of success. Like Lloyd, I see you on, on uh, Facebook, you post some pictures of you and your son at the sporting event. And I go, that's to me, that's success. You're taking your kid to the game. You're spending time with them. You can spend money. That's success. Now, some people may say it's just, you know, going to a game, but for me, that's success. But what is success to you now? And how has it changed in your career now Lloyd you're older than the others so you've changed as you said earlier it's things but how is success what was it to you 10 years ago and what is it to you now me yeah hmm success um success earlier in life for me meant I started out in in big law which is the 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 largest law firms in the country in the world and the the success to me was making partner making partner was a, a major milestone and so when i made partner um that was that was a a tremendous um feather in my cap i felt really felt really good and and proud of of, of that and then my uh, about uh 15 years ago um, my fourth child was, was, uh, was coming into the world. And I, I spent with my first three children, I have great relationships with them and I'm close, but I, I missed a lot of things. I missed a lot of things because I, I was busy working. I missed the school plays, recitals, um, things like, things like that. Cause I was, I was busy. There was a lot that was required of me, of demanded of me. 
um, in the in 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 the workplace. So I left big law and started with a with another person started a, a, a firm that I thought would be small firm. It would just be the the two of us. I didn't know it was going to be successful and grow to to 25 lawyers. I didn't know that. So but so having been able to start a business and see it thrive where I've had lots of people work here who always look back and say thank you for the mentorship to me that was a that that's a, an achievement of 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 success okay how about you anna what's what's success to you now what was it a few years ago um so yeah i just really want to quickly say hats off to you lloyd for getting out um when it wasn't satisfying you anymore um and starting your own thing and being successful in that um but i'd say what success probably used to be like for me was more, I didn't have a title in mind, like partner, but I feel like I was newer in my career. I was trying to get a good title. Um, but I'd say success now is being happy where I am. Um, I'd like to say I'm successful where I am. Now I obviously have lots of goals um that I want to reach throughout my life that I have not yet um so I definitely have those in mind but being where I am now with and present with my family and my kids and doing the work that I can do um for me right now is successful how about you, Matt? What's success to you, and what was it? Because I know you're a newer, you're a newer father, and so your your life has changed a lot. And you know, you came from the West Coast, well, Seattle. But what was success to you a few years ago? And what is it now? Well, yeah, life definitely is different now that I have you know my twin sons. Um, you know, prior to that, I would work like you know all sorts of hours like you know 80 plus hours a week i would do networking almost every night you know and then when i had the kids you know i had to scale that down so before i felt like you know it's not like what i felt it's like my success was based on my business success yikes that is that was not um that was a dangerous place, right? Because, you know, you kind of have these ups and downs with the business. And so your success is defined based on that. It was like a yo-yo. And I was like, you know, this is not healthy. And then, you know, I basically, the kids that, my priority is my kids. Like first my health, my own well-being, then my kids, then my business. And I had to get really clear with that. And I continuously have to reevaluate that priorities in those order in that order. And sometimes there's things that aren't going to be done. And luckily I've got um a CEO, Vicky Moore, who she's my partner in this business, um, that I've been able to build this business so that it doesn't require me being involved with everything that's happened over the last five years. But 
hasn't been until recently where I've really allowed people that I've put in these roles to be able to do what I hired them to do. Get out of my own way. I know that's an overthrown term, but literally get out of my own way so that I can focus on my my children and spend time with them to be present because otherwise I drag all the business stuff in. I would say my success has changed since my kids though, for sure. Um, there's no question. Like it was all about my business being successful and then I was successful, but I feel like success is also the amount of the, the amount that you help people that is your success. Like the success comes in, it comes back through you to you. Not that that's your expectation, but I really believe that what you put out is what you get. And the amount of service that you offer people, whether it's free or just helping, it does come back indirectly. Um, so, and I feel like that example too, like by bringing, like when we met at that networking event, like I never would have, I never would have thought of bringing my kids to that networking event. And I just said, you know what? I want to do it. I want to create an environment where my kids can see me in business and then also have fun. So it opened my whole eyes up to, this is what success looks like. Integrating my kids and my family into the business. That was successful for me. And I have never done that before. I was That's nervous. I'm like, oh my God. Well, you also had Kelly Lyons feeding the kids juice boxes, so that didn't help with the uh, with the sugar content. So, here's here's a question I haven't asked before. I often ask the same questions, but I want I want you to answer this in in a sentence, okay? In a sentence, you know, Lloyd, you're in law. Matt, you're in computers, and you're in HR. What makes you different? than your competition. I usually let people go on and say, this is what makes us different. You know, I do this, this, but in a sentence, if I was in a rush and I said, I'm looking for a lawyer, I said, hey, Lloyd, what what makes your company different? I We're on an elevator and Hollywood is called an elevator pitch. It's a tagline. You just say this, this, this movie's, you know, this is about, you know, lethal weapon if they were smoking dope and they were running in the country. Oh, okay, we get it. What is, what is your tagline that makes your company different in a sentence. We're going to start with you, Anna. What is what is something that you can sit there and say to a customer? If I meet you and I don't know you and I go, oh, okay. Well, what, what, what makes you different than blah, 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 blah? We tell you like it is. We're, you're our client, but we're not trying to just make you happy. Okay. See, now you can tune that up uh, and then that's a good yeah. blog pitch. See, people don't think about that. That a lot of times when you're at an event and you're talking to someone, if you're boring as shit, people just turn it off. I don't care what you say. We've all done it. We're all like, someone's talking to you like, hey, yeah. and then you get caught when they go, oh, what are you thinking? You go, oh, oh shit, I wasn't listening. But Matt, <laughs> what's, uh, what's, what is your one line? What your one line, if I said, hey, Matt, what's Windows? What, what are you guys all about? Yeah, that's good. Good question. Uh, we are known as being rapid, responsive, and we remediate security and compliance issues in regulated industries. The Damn three that's... R's, I call it. I know you use alliteration. I love alliteration. That's awesome. And how about you, Lloyd? What's uh, what's what's your 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 log line? You're in Hollywood, and uh, you meet a producer, and he goes, "Lloyd Birnbaum, uh, tell me, what do you do? What makes you different?" Well. I have a couple here. One is it's not just business, but it's personal. 
Um, I, I look at I, I look at at things that way, and I also think that what differentiates me and many of my colleagues at the firm is looking at legal issues through the lens of a of a business person. Uh, quite a few of us at the firm have been in business or have had. I have an MBA. Some people, have, other people have different advanced degrees. And um, we we're, again, many of us have worked in a business. And so we, we tend to look at legal issues through the lens of a business person. You know, business people, they don't, they don't want to, to wait. They want things turned around quickly, but they want creativity. They want efficiency. And so we try to look at things the way a business person does to uh, through that lens uh, to differentiate ourselves. All right. Well, here's something I, I always love this question because it gets me riled up and it's, I love to get riled up. Uh, we're all on LinkedIn. We all use LinkedIn for business. Okay. And, and I always bring up something that bothers me about LinkedIn. Okay. There's always something every week, you know, people have different terms, maybe influence or this or this, this week, what's really bothering me is the self-proclaimed, uh, I don't know, self-proclaimed gurus or self-proclaimed experts or self-proclaimed motivational speakers who, when they do their videos, they're talking at you. They come across so condescending and, and they're, they need to take a class. They're overacting. They're like, yo, you need what I need. If you don't do what I do, you're wrong. And that pisses me off because I think they're completely full of shit. Okay. I think they're just sitting there and it's just, it's this animated thing to make them feel important. What is something about LinkedIn? It could be a word. It can be a catchphrase like self-proclaimed expert. What is something about LinkedIn that you sit there and you go, holy crap. Like, what, what is this? Matt, what is something on LinkedIn that really irks you and you can say pissed off everyone can say pissed off because that pisses me off my wife worries i mean i get pissed off at gus the groundhog on tv because he annoys the hell out of me this is what my wife wife lives with but what's something on linkedin that pisses you off matt um i feel like the 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 selfies i mean what in the world are we doing go to facebook i mean there's nothing wrong with a good selfie but like and then all the all the stuff that comes after it it's like who uh, okay i don't know how to be nice about this but who cares if you were at a networking event i i really i i don't know how to be nice about it i get your networking but do you have to post every single event it's like oh my gosh it's like it's so much noise out there um but that's one that i'm not really sure on like this whole selfie thing and using LinkedIn for that, I just feel like you should use TikTok or Facebook. That's just my perspective. How about how about you, Anna? What 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 irritates you? You seem so nice and polite, but I know there's some fire in that heart. I know there's some you get pissed <laughs> off. Tell me, give tell me something that is uh pisses you off about uh LinkedIn. So the the long sales messages that you are just firing into your inbox. One was okay, and I actually responded, and I sent my Calendly link, which is very nice, an offering to give someone my time, and it, it another sales message came through, so it's clearly not them, or they didn't even read my message, so you're not actually trying to connect with me. If you don't read my message or see that my Calendly link is in there. And then someone this morning sent me another message because I said not interested. And it was a very condescending response. Like, 
are you sure you're not reaching your full potential or something like that? And I'm like, no, I, thank you. I actually know where I am in life and I'm good. I don't need you to question that. So. How about you, Lloyd? How about you? I have a totally different angle on this. Um, there are too many people on LinkedIn that I'm connected with who I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, I accepted invitations. I don't know the first thing about them, um, which was a mistake on my part. But what's happening now, I don't know how I got on this list, but I get I get these uh, invitations to link in with um, pretty young women. And I, I don't think that they're out there for true business purposes. And I and I'll look and see who they're friends with. Um, and it's always one or two guys who I've who I think okay, these are these guys are lonely and they're they're looking to meet young pretty women and so somehow I'm friends with them so they've come connected. Who has I don't have time for that. I don't have time. So there's a lot of junk mail that that I get through LinkedIn that I uh, I don't like. You know, uh, on LinkedIn it's funny. I went to do a post the other day and it said, if I want AI to help me, it can now someone who has come from, I've written a play, I've written a screenplay. I, you know, I was a stand-up comic for many years. I, I believe in creativity. That's what my shell is creativity, you know, business. I'm not that great at, but creativity. I'm good. I can write jokes. AI to me is a threat. It's a threat to my friends who are TV writers who may lose their job, even though they'll never be able to come up. AI will never give you a Tony Soprano, you know, will never give you a, never, you know, a Walter White because there's just not the creativity. But what are your views on AI? Because you're in all different worlds, and I, I I can understand how it can work for each of you. But what are your true heart feelings about AI? Do you like it or don't? I'm going to start with you, Lloyd, because I know for like if, if you're thinking when you're doing a law of thing, it's probably easy to do a summons like that, case like that. But what is what is your take on AI? AI, are you there? Are you digging it? Or you're like it, it might be dangerous. I think it might be dangerous. Um, I, I've spoken to a few people in the AI business. Now, th there are tremendous advantages using AI in certain aspects of a, of a law practice. Um, I mean, I could I could ask using certain products. I can ask to draft me a contract, and here are the material terms that I wanted you to put in the contract. And um, and if my database has been entered properly, it'll it'll find me some a contract that kind of looks a little bit like it and has my favorite material terms. And so, in that respect, I, I like it. I th I think it's good. Uh, in other respects, it's it's really bad. Some lawyers lawyers in New York, one particularly, got in trouble um, because they submitted a a brief to the court. Um, in a case that was going on, and the AI made up the cases, made up citations, the years that the cases were decided, and those cases were phony. They they didn't exist. They were they were phony cases. But the you know AI AI somehow uh, figured it out. The other thing that that, that gets me uh, wary about AI is children. So my youngest is 15 years old. And I've had conversations with him, like, don't rely on AI to write your papers. I mean, it's very easy to do that. My, I have a daughter who was in college, and she showed me how, how easy it is for, for a student to have a paper written. 
Um, and uh, I read, I think in the, it was either in the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal about how uh, college applicants are using AI to write their essays. Well, they're not really writing their essays and they're not even getting a, a, a rough draft. They're, they're, they're trying to pawn off uh, an AI written essay as their college essay. And that, I don't know, that leads to a lot of BS phoniness and, um, you know, it, 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 it 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 sets me off in the wrong way. Yeah, I wrote a AI. I wrote a love letter to my wife, and they used the wrong name, so I got in trouble. <laughs> uh, Matt, what what about AI for you? What what is uh, AI for you? Woo, that, that you were in the doghouse. Huh? Um, so I just I think AI has its purposes. We use it. We use Microsoft Copilot in our response for security we use to help with security operations and automation but you um can also take it to another level which you know is like having it write blogs for you and unfortunately google's on to that and we actually identified that we had actually a couple guest bloggers that were ironically using chat GPT without our knowledge. So they are no longer writing with us, but it is a very, very, uh, I feel like it could be, um, if used improperly, it could actually negatively hurt your business and you might not even know it. Google frowns upon chat GPT written blog content and any content. So that's one thing that a lot of people may not know. Um, but there's other things too, like there's nothing that's going to replace someone doing the hard work. And that, that's really maybe what it, it, it's about, maybe a behavioral thing. Like people think it's easier to just have things written and then tweak it. I just think that sometimes you got to roll your sleeves up. There's nothing that's going to basically take away from you doing the hard work. Listen, chat GPT is not going to build a house and remodel it, is it? Right. Is a robot going to do that? Uh, maybe, but I feel like there's things that still need to be done and it's one foot and one hand in front of the other. Um, get your hands in the clay of life. Uh, I just don't, I don't know. Okay. And how really about you? How about you, fan. Anna? <laughs> um, so similar thoughts. Um, it could be helpful to start a draft for a policy um, but I am a little concerned for AI within HR because, uh, you know, human resources is human resources. You have to still have that human aspect. You're dealing with people, their employees. AI does not have that human aspect. It does not have empathy. So I know there's some HR solutions out there where you can, the employees can chat. They have access to chat with someone. I'm assuming it's more like a chat bot or it uses AI. They're not going to be able to connect with them on a personal level, which, so they're not really going to be able to help them. Maybe they could answer a basic question around benefits, but most employee issues are much more than that. And you need to be able to connect with them. So I'm a little afraid of AI convincing people that they don't need that human aspect of HR. Okay. Uh, here's a question. And I love it because I don't read business books. I always say this. I don't read any business books. I don't 
I just don't, I, I don't, I don't have the attention span. Uh, and I just don't, they bore me, but what is a business book? Cause I'm sure you all have read business books. Cause everyone except me, seems like they read business books. What's a book that has made a difference. Like has one book that has sat there, you know, that maybe the tipping point by Malcolm Gladwell or whatever. What is a book that has made a difference in your life? Matt, is there, is there a book that you sat there or, or you can really recommend to the viewers, a good book to get your ass out of your head? Cause it's good for business. <laughs> Well, it's not a book, but it's actually Earl Nightingale. So if you're all familiar with him, he's like one of the old, like, you know, my it's mind over matter, you know, and then the book actually that I actually have on my um, table right here is actually Think and Grow Rich. So I'm kind of like an old, it's like an old school philosophy about, you know, you use your mind, you put your mind to things. Um, it's a mental activity. Most of the stuff is a mental activity. So, um, but yeah, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. I mean, the original copy is actually the one. I actually got this from Kelly, by the way, at her house. I, I lost my copy in moving and I literally saw the book and I kept reading it. And just like every day I randomly read pages of it, but it, it's really, um, it's really about like focus and they talk about auto suggestion and like, just putting your minds, um, you know, focusing your mind on what you want and and visualizing it and all that stuff. Yeah, so that's um, game changer. All right, how about you, Anna? Any books that uh, have made a difference for you? Uh, so I'm like you, Steve. Actually, <laughs> if I have the time to read a book in my busy schedule, <laughs> it is uh, for something that I can enjoy. Um, you know, it's nonfiction, but I do listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, and one podcast I've been enjoying a lot lately is, um, Mel Robbins and it's more, it's not about business. Um, but I think everything, a lot of what she talks about relates to you as a person in life, which can be with family and business. So, um, I think a lot of what she talks about can go into all areas of your life. Okay. And people, if you like listening to podcasts, go to coopertalk.net, 973 episodes. You know, I've had 30 members of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on. I've had Ed Asner. I've had David Duchovny. So go to coopertalk.net. I'm just giving my plug. That was a great lead in, Anna. Thank you. Yeah. How about you, how about you Lloyd? What's it, any, any books that you can recommend? A book you can recommend or a book that's made a difference for you? I'm, I'm going to get to that book, but I'm uh, first... I buy business books. I haven't, I, I buy them, but I, I usually don't read them. Uh, I, this one was signed by the author. I figured, okay, I met the author. I'm going to read it. Uh, I, I buy them. They sit on the nightstand. I don't read them. I like to, if I do a lot of reading as a, as a lawyer, I do a lot of writing and reading. Um, I, I try to read several um publications i'm still old-fashioned i like the new york times and the wall street journal uh for 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 my news but when i'm what i'm reading is either a thriller but right now i'm reading a fairy tale for our times it's a modern fa fairy tale and it's such a great book that it's called uh, chrysalia the princess of possibility um and you know so many books the the 
it's the hero is man is masculine is ma is a man, and here the the hero is a uh, is is a woman, and it's um, uh, I guess a central theme of the book is that you can't conquer, and this is how it's a business. You can't conquer the dragons in the world who might be out there to to try to defeat you until you until you 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 win over the dragons inside the internal internal dragons great it's a great book i'm enjoying it um i know the author it's uh someone who was a mentor to me when i was in high school lost touch with him and thankfully because of social media you know i reconnected with him and learned that he wrote a book and i'm reading the book and just enjoying it very much it's chrysalia c-h-r-y S-A-L-L-I-A, -L -L the princess of possibility. Right. And now there's a final question. I always wrap the show up with this because it gives a lot of insight for people who are listening and watching. Someone's getting out of trade school. Someone's getting out of college. Someone's getting out of high school. They're getting their start in business. Okay, you're getting there. They're looking. They don't know, you know, because when we go out on our own, we don't know what the hell's going on. Okay, you're out of school. You're out of wherever. What is some advice you would give to that person? If someone comes to you and says, Anna, I, you know, you're successful. You do well. I'm just starting. Like what, what should I do? What would you tell them, Anna? What is, what, what, what's your advice to these people coming to you, a newbie? And I always use this to my mom would always say bright eyed and bushy tailed. That was something I use it every week and tribute to my mom. But what is something that you would tell them, Anna? Um, I would say, and I've, I've said this before, I, that something I wish I knew when I was maybe younger is not everyone's that smart. <laughs> I feel like when you're younger, you're intimidated. You think everybody knows what they're doing and they're so smart and I you know, they have imposter syndrome. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't deserve to be here. Um, so my advice would be like, don't worry about that. Not everyone is as smart as you think they are. You deserve to be there. Um, so yeah, that, I think that'd be my advice. Okay. That's great advice. I haven't heard that one. I've heard a lot of different ones. That's very, that's very true. How about you, Matt? Um, I would say you you're never going to go wrong by trying something and failing at it. So try it early. And then if you don't like it, you can always change the direction. So, and the only way you're going to try is by getting hands-on experience. And the only way you're going to get hands-on experience is by a lot of people giving you the opportunity. And that's kind of the big thing. You know, a lot of people, um, they don't want to give people opportunities because, they don't have the experience and they don't have this, that, 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 yada, 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 yada. It's like, you gotta get to a point, the, you know, where you, you take a risk on people. And literally I had that happen to me early in my career. I would never have had the opportunity to um, be in the role as a consultant if the person that hiring me didn't see my resume from Drexel out of all the University of Washington graduates. It was literally this guy giving me a chance and I got an interview and I did well and they brought me in as an intern. And I mean, but it's really about 
the person that's looking at the resume and giving you a chance, but also for people to to take the steps and it's okay to mess up. Okay. Kind of to Anna's point, you know. How about you, Lloyd? I, I agree wholeheartedly uh, with with both of you. And um, I think that the advice that uh, I give to young people is uh, get yourself educated in whatever it is that you, you want to do. Um, it's okay to be the dumbest person in the room. Surround yourself with with smart people. They, they might stab you in the back. They might steal your ideas. But surrounding yourself with, with smart people will... will um, help with your own creative energy um again don't be afraid to take risks um especially when you when when you're when you're young and you're you're starting out here uh, don't be afraid to take risks the worst thing that happen is you fail and we, we learn more from our failures than our successes um and i think that you are never too young or never too old to try something new. I, I, I really believe that. And the last piece of advice I give, I give to young people starting out is save for your retirement. Invest when you're young because the compounding of money over the years will make a big difference if you start when you're younger or uh, rather than waiting until you're, you know, you're much older. Well, that was awesome, guys. I want to thank you all for coming on up. Uh, Tell people how they can get in touch with you if they want to reach out for your services. Anna, how can they get in touch with you? Um, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. I think I'm the only Anna Ellenberger. So E-H-L-E-N-B-E-R-G-E-R. -E -E also, my email is Anna at ConvergeHRSolutions.com. How about you, Matt? Yeah, you can go to my LinkedIn as well. Um and then you can check out our website, windowsmanagementexperts.com. And you, Lloyd? I think if you if you Google my name, if you Google Lloyd Burnbaum, you got to spell the name right. So many people misspell Lloyd. It's L-L-O-Y-D. And Burnbaum is another one that gets bastardized. It's B-I-R-N-B-A-U-M. If you Google Lloyd Burnbaum, lawyer, attorney, um, you'll get to my firm's website, you'll get to my bio, you'll get to my LinkedIn, you'll get to my wherever I've been, whatever I've written, you'll 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 find it. You'll find my telephone number, my email address. And um, uh, thank you for having me on today. Yeah, we're going to get a picture at the end, but uh, people. So go go check them out. Also, go to YouTube, go to The Coop Tank, watch the past episodes, rate it, give it a good comment subscribe. Also, if you're interested in advertising in the Coop Tank, email me at thecooptank at yahoo.com. The people who watch the show are business owners. The people who are on this show are leaders in the business world. So that's how you get the word out about your company. So hit me up. I can tell you, I can give you a great package. We can do it for one week, two weeks, four weeks, three months. I'll, I'll make a deal with you. Also, don't forget to go to Sweet Recording, S-U-I-T recording.com. Joe Ganjami knows his stuff, man. He's great. That's why he produces this show. Check them out. Email him at hello at Sweet Recording if you have a podcast, a video cast, you need a studio built, audiobook. They have a ton of services. So I'm going to thank you for watching and listening. I'm Steve Cooper, and we will talk next week. <laughs>